Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those who are watching online as well. Uh, We're so glad that you're with us. If you're watching online, write something in the comments so we know you're joining us. And if you're here in person, back from several years of being missing in action is our welcome attendance pads. We would love for you to write that you're here. Let us know that you're you're with us. Um, So this Wednesday night, the youth are going to celebrate um, UMYF party out in the green space. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure your teenagers are at that. October the 16th, um, that Sunday at 10 a.m., in between services, we're having blessing of the animals in the green space. So you can bring any wild animal you have. My friend Sharon Morris, I hope you're here to take pictures. And if you bring a snake or something scary, um, please see Pastor Sam, all right? Uh, Our brunch club is back on October 9th uh, after service. They're going to be going to the back 40 for lunch. And that is for any of our young families or young at heart. And I think everybody in here is young at heart, so you're all welcome to that. Um, our mission focus of the month is the Etowah Free Clinic. Um, and we have, they're, they're collecting toilet paper, um, paper towels, copy paper, things like that. You can drop those off in the red buckets at our entrances. Um, and I wanted to let you know about the church vote that's coming up for our church members. Um, our last chance to hear speakers for and against, um, whether they want to disaffiliate or remain United Methodist, that is tomorrow from 6 to 8. That's Reverend Harvey Beck and Reverend Kevin Thomas, tomorrow from 6 to 8. Tuesday, the vote is from 6 to 6.30 um, out here, and, and I've been told that you can arrive at 5.45. They'll let, they'll let some people start voting at 5.45, but make sure you're in line by 6.30 because they're going to cut it off at 6.30. So I have a youth video to show, but just before that, we have a very special guest, the best children's minister in the whole world, Catherine Barnes, is going to come tell us about Fall Fest. Good morning. My name is Catherine Barnes. I'm the director of children's ministries here at Gazin First. I wanted to welcome you. Um, remind you that October 19th is our Fall Fest here at the church. It's from 5 to 7. We're going to have chili, we're going to have hot dogs, games, inflatables, candy, and all kind of um, fun stuff. Here's what I need from you. (laughs) I need volunteers. I need candy donations. We need um, Little Debbie donations for our our cakewalks and things like that. If you have any questions or if you want to help in a certain way or you want to donate something, just find me and I'll be happy to help you. I'd love to have you. We need greeters. We need uh, people to serve food. We need people to sit at tables to run games and all kinds of stuff. And feel free to invite your family and your friends and people that you know. It's going to be a lot of fun and we really want to make this a really fun and inviting event um, this year here at the church. Okay. Thank you very much. If you will uh, look at the screens, we have a short video of our United Methodist Youth at camp this past week.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. I want to add my words of welcome to Pastor Andy's and say how glad I am to see you here and I'm hello to you who are worshiping online with us. If you are worshiping somewhere that is is fun and beautiful like the beach or the mountains or something like that, send us a picture, write comments, let us know where you are. We're glad to be connected to you in this way. We can worship together. Um, this is a time that we celebrate what God has given to us and we respond to what God has done for us by giving of tithes and offerings. We, there are several ways you can give. Of course, the plates are going to be coming right by you. And also, you can give by uh, texting to give. You can give online. Uh, one of the best ways that you can give to your church is what Miss Catherine said earlier. You can volunteer because we do need your help. We do need you... To, um, to give of your time and your talent as well as your tithes and offerings. And God uses all of that. We have wonderful ministries in this church and God uses all that we bring to him for his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the ways that you bless us. There are too many to count, but we want to respond, Lord, to your goodness by doing good things ourselves, by, by helping, by giving, by serving, so God, take what we have to give, just as we are, and use it, bless it, multiply it, and make your kingdom grow because of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Please be seated. As we come to our prayer time, I want to start out by saying how thankful I am uh, for this church. I'm thankful for our wonderful youth ministry and Pastor Sam and for our wonderful children's ministry and, and Miss Catherine, for our beautiful music. I'm thankful we got the most awesome acolytes anywhere you'll see, and we got um, the, the most bestest director of acolytes uh, who helps them know when to leave and what to and she even she even gives me directions when I need directions Miss Barbara Bennett we have just on all levels it's such a wonderful place I'm thankful for you I'm thankful that you're here today so that's a good way to start out our prayer it's it's not always about uh, oh Lord please help me which it is a lot of times uh, so we do welcome your prayer requests you can write them down on uh, a card or you can send them to us by email or just just come and tell us and and come at the end of the service and pray we'll pray with you so we like to hear your requests but we also like to hear what you're thankful about we like to hear your answers as well as your requests uh, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning God our hearts overflow with praise to you we are thankful that we can just come and, and worship at this place. We're, we're thankful that we can worship with, with people that love you and, and are committed to walking with you. And we're thankful, Lord, that we are part of a church that goes around the world and across the ages, and we are connected to them, Lord, in ways that, that sometimes we don't even think about. So God, we, we praise you here, and we also remember our brothers and sisters who are struggling who are homebound, who are in the hospital and who would love to be with us but just can't. We pray with everyone who's worshiping with us uh, by live stream today and we pray that even through the live stream they would feel your strong presence with them. We pray, Lord, that you would see the needs of our hearts and that you would answer our deepest needs, even the ones that we don't name. God, we pray, Lord, for our leaders around the world and at home. We pray for uh, guidance, Lord, as we our church comes to a critical fork in the road. And we pray that your will would be done, Lord, even as you teach us to pray the prayer. You're, you taught your disciples saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Catherine's going to be taking our children to Children's Church just now. I think she's going to be down here on my left. If the children want to join her, 
In the meantime, we're going to be singing our hymn of preparation. It's number 176. Now, this is a hymn I'm not sure we've sung before here, but it's kind of short. It's kind of like a chorus. So we're going to sing it through twice because uh, the first time you're going to kind of learn how to sing it. The second time you can sing it with gusto, right? Stand up and sing with me, Majesty.
difficile. Okay, well, the sermon might be a dud today, but we've already been carried to heaven, so it's all right. Yeah, thank you all so much. And, and as you notice, we had some, some veterans back in the choir today. We have, you know, the cool thing about uh, the way we do choir, the way uh, JT and Benny and Rhonda and, and everybody coming up do, sometimes we have people come through our choir, they get to experience being in a good choir, and then they get to go and make other good choirs in other places, uh, helping young people learn the same thing that they learn. So it's great, y'all. It's really great. We, we bless, and we get to be a blessing to others, and oh, boy. Okay. So I, I guess I better get on subject here, or we'll be here all day. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 19 is the scripture today. So let's join together and read. Um, well, I'll read and y'all listen and follow along. How about that? Of course, there's great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will bring about at the right time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It is he who alone has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who are in this present age or rich, command them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do so, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Word of God. For the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are so many things that I heard so often growing up from so many good church people that I just assumed that they were in the Bible, only later to find out that they actually weren't. Has that ever happened to you? You heard things and it's like, well, I thought that was in the Bible. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you help me out today and I want you to participate in this. And when I call out something, if you think it's in the Bible, I want you to give me thumbs up. And if you don't think it's in the Bible, give me thumbs down. And if you're not sure, give me thumbs sideways. Okay? How about that? Okay. Here's the first one. You ready? You look ready. Okay. 
Uh, God helps those who help themselves. All right, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Uh, actually, it's not. It's not in there. Although, I can't tell you how much I heard that. It, it, you know, and there are a lot of things in the Bible that talk about personal responsibility and reaping what you sow. It's a, it's a godly principle. But those words, God helps those who help themselves, I don't know where they came from, but uh, they're not in the Bible. In fact, Romans 5, 6 says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came in just the right time and died for us sinners. So aren't you thankful that God helps us when we can't help ourselves and does for us what we can't do for ourselves? All right, here's another one. Remember, thumbs up is in there. Thumbs down, I don't think it is. Thumbs sideways, ah, I'm not sure. Okay, all right, you're not getting graded on this, so it's okay. All right, ready? Here's another one. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Oh, yeah, well, we certainly hear it, uh, but it's not actually in the Bible, not packaged like that anyway. So, well, Pastor Sam, where did it come from? far as we know, it came from Saint, kind of a, a mishmash of St. Augustine and Mahatma Gandhi. They said something like that. Um, but that didn't come from Jesus. On the subject of judging, Jesus said, Romans, excuse me, Matthew 7, 1, Don't, do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment that you make, you will be judged. And with the measure that you give out, you'll get why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye? Let me get that speck for you, Pastor Andy. When you have a log in your own eye, you see what I, you see what I mean? Uh, or how, how could you say, let me take the log out, uh, let me take the speck out of your eye when you've got a log in your eye? First take the log out of your eye, you hypocrite. Um, so judging somebody else is just not our job description, is it? And there's a good reason for that. One, we're not qualified because we don't, uh, only God knows the person's heart and their whole story and their motivations. And second, this is the most important thing, y'all. That job's already taken. It's filled by the only righteous judge, Jesus Christ our Lord, the only sinless person who is able to judge. Look, I know that hating somebody else's sin makes you feel good, you know. At least I'm not like, you know, whatever, you know. But it doesn't feel very good when it's turned back on you, does it? You ever have somebody be all judgy on you? Feels pretty bad. It's pretty clear that people of, of sincere faith believe different things about the Bible and do it different ways. It's pretty clear by the number, the sheer volume of denominations that we have in this country, right, around the world. Some things people judge as sinful, others don't. I know uh, for, for many people who are sincerely wanting to follow Jesus, they, they, uh, drinking wine is a sin. And for others will say, well, that's good, more for me. You can give, just give me what you don't want to drink because it's okay with it, me. Some people, women wearing pants, it's just not cool. I heard somebody tell somebody one time, Oh, you're going to hell because you're wearing pants. And the person just said, well, I, I didn't shave my legs today. That's why I'm wearing pants. It's none of your business, right? Um, and I have been to just about every kind of church. I cannot tell y'all, except a snake, snake handling church, Pastor Andy. Um, Pastor Andy was in a snake handling movie, but he didn't go to the church. But 
I have been to every kind of church you can imagine with every kind of belief and reading the Bible in every kind of different way. And uh, I learned something from all of them. Sometimes good and sometimes bad. When I was a teenager growing up, we would go to this church on Sunday night. It was not a United Methodist church. Uh, but our little church didn't have church on Sunday night, so we would go. And I'm not trying to tell you that I was the most religious teenager in the world. I had a crush on the girl that went there. I'm just telling you the truth, just being real with you. Like you never went to church because you had a crush on somebody. Don't, don't be that way with me. Um, so a bunch of us teenage guys would come in and we would sit right back there on the back row. And, um, well, as we were coming in, everybody would tell us how much they loved us, how much they were glad that we were there, blah, blah, blah. We were so welcome. And we would sit back there. And then the preacher would get up there and tell us how all of those Methodists and Baptists on the back row were all going to hell because they had pianos and organs in their church. And the Methodists were baptizing people wrong and all of this. And then he would go and, it, and then he would just kind of finish up with, but I'm just speaking the truth in love. Love the sinner and hate the sin. And I was thinking to myself, how about you hate your own sin, Hoss, and leave us Methodists alone, right? I didn't say that, you know, but I wasn't that bold as a teenager. But that's what I was thinking. I know some of these, I was thinking also, I know some of these people around here and you want to talk about my sin. Anyway, um, but speaking of Methodists, you know what John Wesley said about judging other people's sin? He said, we should be rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. So let's hate our own sin and be gracious to others. All right, a couple more examples. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. This is from 1 Timothy 6, where we, our scripture for today, our epistle lesson for today. Let me, I'm gonna see if I can get you with this one. You can't take it with you when you go. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Yeah, I know it's in there. Yeah, yeah. And verse 7, it says you didn't bring anything into this world and you can't take anything out of it with, you know. You can't, there's, that used to be an old song my dad would sing when we were out. And I said, Daddy, what does that song mean? And he said, son, have you ever seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? And I would say, no, Dad, I still didn't know what he meant. I do now, though. You can't take it with you, you know. You can't take it with you. All right, one more. And this is really at the heart of our message today in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And this is, I'm just telling you, this is kind of a trick question. Money is the root of all evil. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind, of, kind of in there and kind of not. But not like that. The love of money, you see the difference the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil came from a song that the OJs did. That's a really good song. You ought to listen to it on the way home. Uh, I, if I could have had Sheila cue it up, then we could have listened to it, the OJs. Hmm. Okay. But 1 Timothy 6 says the love of money. See, money by itself is neither good nor bad. Is it? Uh, I mean, it can be good when you're generous and you share with people in need. It can be good. In fact, Timothy gets told by Paul that you should be generous because you're storing up treasure in heaven. You're storing up a good foundation for the future in verses 18 and 19. You're storing up 
that which is eternal. You're using something temporary, like the money, to make something eternal out of it. So that would be good. But money becomes bad when it grabs hold of our hearts and grabs hold of our affections and it becomes part of our identity, okay? When we elevate money to a position that only belongs to God or when we give deference to somebody just because they have money. When the desire to have more and more and more causes us to fall into temptation to do whatever the heck we need to do to get more and more and more. To steal, to embezzle, to fraud, to lie, to cheat, to hoard, to do all of that and to neglect people in need. Every Sunday we preach from the, the lectionary and uh, the gospel reading for this Sunday comes from Luke 16. And that's not what I'm preaching on today, but it's a story that you've heard before, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. It's the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man, you ought to go back and read it if you haven't read it. The rich man lives in splendor and luxury. He feasts sumptuously every single day. But he's willfully ignorant, and this is important for you to hear, willfully ignorant of Lazarus, who is starving to death, covered in sores, laying at his gate. Now, mind you, he doesn't go and spit on Lazarus. He doesn't kick him every day when he goes by. He just pretends not to notice. He doesn't show compassion on Lazarus. As a matter of fact, the dogs do. The dogs come up and kind of lick on his sores. That's kind of gross. It's gross. Don't think about that. Think about the fact that dogs are better than humans sometimes. Dogs, can I get an amen on that? You dog lovers out there, dogs sometimes have more compassion than humans do. And in this case, that was the case. So they could not have been more different, the rich man and Lazarus, except that they were human and they died, which we all do. But they had very different things happen to them when they died, right? So go back and read Luke chapter 16 and be reminded of that. But today, think about this. How many people have been plunged into ruin and destruction all because they wanted more and more and more and more? Couldn't we tell stories about that? Couldn't we tell um, things that have gotten out of whack in our lives? Couldn't we, if we read the newspaper before we came to church today, could we pull something out of the newspaper? paper about somebody who did something awful because they wanted more and more and more wanted to keep it all themselves how many people have wandered away from the faith because they got so caught up in loving money or making money the sermon on the mount jesus said it this way and this is not an exaggeration no one can serve two masters either he'll hate one and love the other he'll be devoted to one and despise the other and just put it as bluntly as you can, you can't serve God in money. There's only one God, there's only one God, eternal, invisible, God only wise. So the love of money, the greed associated with that is the root of all kinds of evil and it leaves behind the wreckage of people's lives. And why, does it, why do we do that anyway? Why, why do we get hung up on that? Because I think we are prone to treat, 
treating things as eternal um, that really are temporary and treating things as if they mean nothing when they actually are eternal. The Apostle Paul was trying to mentor his young friend Timothy. I hope you'll come to my Bible study in Acts on Wednesday. Uh, we're, we're talking about the adventures of the early church, you know, and Paul is trying to be a positive influence on young Timothy. And he's telling him in these letters to Timothy in the Bible, he said, look, young man, there are things that you need to take hold of and there are things that you need to let go of. And if you get your wires crossed and you cling on to the wrong thing and let go of the right thing, if you get your wires crossed, it's going to be deadly. It is going to be deadly. I'm going to look at three of them today. The first one is this. Let go of the greed for money and power and hold on to godliness combined with contentment. I've said enough about greed, but holding on to godliness and contentment. Those two things have to go together. Uh, by that, I mean we shouldn't be content if things aren't right in our lives between us and God. We shouldn't combine contentment with evil, for, say, for instance, you know. Um, but if we have our heart right with God and if we, have, if we pursue piety towards God, which is what the godliness means, then we can be content whether we have a lot or little. Pursue that. Hold on to it. Godliness plus contentment. Philippians chapter 4, Paul speaks about the secret of being content. And Paul, uh, Paul grew up in an affluent family, had a great education. He was at times in his life riding high. He had a lot. At times in his life he had nothing. He was beaten half to death and thrown in prison. So here's what he said. I know the secret of being content. I know the secret of having a whole lot or having nothing and being content. I know the secret of being full or being hungry. I know the secret. You know what the secret is? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You thought it was just a black eye patch under Tim Tebow's eyes when he played football. Philippians 4.13, it didn't have anything to do with scoring a touchdown. It was the secret of contentment combined with godliness you see more powerful more powerful than a football player so with the help of Christ who strengthens us we can be at peace whether we have a lot or a little let go of greed Paul tells Timothy let go of the idea that more and more and more is better. Let go of the idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. Let go. Live with open hands so that you can give and also so you can receive. The second one, hold on to eternal life, let go of lesser things. Hold on to eternal life and let go of lesser things. Eternal, listen, eternal is something that we've reduced down to the idea of having our ticket punched to go to heaven. But eternal, as it's used in the Bible, as Paul uses it in 1 Timothy, is a quality of life, not necessarily just a duration of life. There are some things that you don't want to go on for an eternity. You ever been in a, like a board meeting or something like that? You don't want that to go on for eternity. That would be hell and not heaven. But eternal is God's kind of life. It's not 
bios, the Greek word, just for a physical life. It's zoe, Z-O-E. It's spiritual life. It's eternal life. It's God's kind of life. Hold on to that and let go of lesser things. There's an old hymn that we used to sing uh, sometimes. I don't think we've seen it, sung it very much. It's 576. If you want to look up, rise up, O men of God, except you sing, rise up, ye saints of God, because the, the women need to rise up too. Rise up, rise up, ye saints of God, have done with lesser things. I just love the way that the poet penned those words. Rise up, ye saints of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of Kings. Hymn 576, if you're curious about that. Lesser things. You know what we worry about all the time? Lesser things. You know what usually keeps us up at night? You know what makes us despise our neighbor who's different from us? Lesser things. Not eternal things. Not eternal life. Lesser things. So the third is this. Let go of evil. Hold on to the faith. You know, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Evil there. I mean, we use evil. For a lot of things. We think we know what evil means. But evil here in 1 Timothy 6 is actually a word that means to retreat in battle. It's a Greek word kakos, K-A-K-O-S. It means to retreat in battle. Evil, as Paul is using it here, is to stop fighting for good. Evil is to retreat from doing the right thing. As I said in, in, the, in the parable for today, in Luke chapter 16, the rich man and Lazarus, it wasn't that the rich man went by and spit on and kicked Lazarus every day and, and did evil to him, but his refusal to do good to him was in fact evil. He retreated from doing good and therefore was corrupted by the evil and not only harmed himself, but harmed Lazarus, harmed everyone around him who was looking to him for an example, which is basically the modus operandi of Satan. To not be contempt with our own misery, but to take others with us. It's evil by retreat. Shun this, Paul says to Timothy, let it go and pursue instead, hold on to righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, active good. Don't retreat, in other words, from loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't retreat from loving your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you'll hurt yourself and you'll hurt other people. To do that is the highway to hell. So how do we make sure that we're not doing that? How do we make sure that we're holding on to the right things and letting go of the lesser things? Um, I brought my phone with me today, but not for the reason you think. Um, I brought it with me because I have this cool app on there that is a compass, Pastor Andy. It's like one of those old-fashioned commises that, that all of y'all are too young to know about. No, you're not. But like when you were in scouts, and you're out there, and it's like, okay, 
to use a compass, you find true north. And I already did this, so I know where it is. It is right there, pointed right at Benny McNair's seat on the organ is true north. You didn't know that, did you, Benny? You pointed to true north. Okay, so the reason you point, oh, that was northeast. True north. The reason you point at true north um, is because if you're pointed at true north, then you know where west and east and south and, and all the others are, okay? But if you're, if you're pointed some other way besides true north and you think you're going to go west from there, then you're not really going to, you see what, it throws everything off unless you find your true north. So this is important for us now, not just because I get lost when I come out of Walmart from trying to find the car. I actually need the compass probably for, for things like that. It's important for us in our lives, in our, our moral compass, if you want to put it like that, right? Our everyday lives. We, we have to adjust our lives to point to that true north. It's important for us when we are coming to uh, our church conference vote, which is, is a historic thing for us Tuesday evening. I will never get up here and presume to tell you how to vote. It's not my place to tell you how to vote. It's not any pastor's place to tell you how to vote. It's between you and God. But as your pastor, as the one who is ordained or and appointed to serve here and serve in, in word, sacrament, and order, I'm going to remind you of this. Have your true north set on love because love is of God and everyone that knows God, it loves. You know, everyone who knows love, God is born, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. Everyone who knows love is born of God and knows God. And whoever does not know love does not know God. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is your true north. Loving your neighbor as yourself is your true north. And everything else has to revolve around that. Or every decision you make will be skewed. Because sometimes instead of love being our true north, then we make like fear our true north. And we keep that compass pointed at fear. And it affects every decision that we make. It affects every attitude that we have. And so instead of acting off of love as our true north, we're acting off of fear as our true north. But perfect love casts out fear. You can't have both of them the same at the same time sometimes we set our true north on what's going to make us the most money you know people who have set the compass of their lives toward how i can make the most money well then every decision that they make is wrong it's skewed it's they've got their compass set wrong some people set their compass on somebody else's bandwagon on what everybody else is doing my mom and dad said well you don't have to do what all your friends are doing. If they were all jumped off the bridge, would you, all, would you jump off the bridge too? The answer honestly was yes, I would because I was a teenage boy and I would have done that. But um, you know what I mean? You don't set your compass toward the bandwagon of what everybody else is doing. 
Because if it is, then every decision that you make is going to be off. There's only one true north. There's only one God who is love. And we adjust to that, not the other way around. So hold on to that which is eternal. Let go of lesser things. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you that a letter that was written thousands of years ago, it's like it was written to us today. Because all of the things that you warned young Timothy about, you could warn us about today. It's still there, Lord. The, the, the danger that we will get our lives mixed up and our wires crossed and that we will hold on to things that we need to let go of and let go of things that we need to hold on to. So we need your direction, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit to lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have for our closing hymn number 530, um, and I, I want you to, to stand and listen to, to the words of this song. It's a beautiful hymn and it's powerful in message. But I also want you to know that, that during our closing hymn, uh, you have an invitation to come and pray as you are led to do so by God. And did you notice how beautiful our brass doors looked this morning when you came in? Okay. If you haven't already looked at it, you need to look at it because it's, there, there are a bunch of guys that worked for like three or four days on that. Thank you, trustees, and thank you, uh, Matthew Vance. They look beautiful. And they're not just beautiful, they're wide open. I want to tell you today, the doors of our church and our hearts are wide open for you to come if you wish to come today and join our church and become a part of our church family. Then at the close of number 530, will you come down and we'll receive you today. Stand up and sing with me as you're able to. Are you able?
Y'all may be seated. This might take a little bit. Um, Sam, do you want to come up and join? Um, I talked to the, I'm not just putting him on the spot. We talked about this before. <laughs> come on up. You all know uh, Laura has been a member of our church for a while, and these, this family has been a part of our church for a while. Sam never moved his membership over until today. We welcome Sam to our church family from another denomination. Sam, I ask you, uh, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Yes. Welcome to you. All right. Mac and Jana, I love y'all. Will you come? And uh, these, all of these are my neighbors and friends. I think everybody in my neighborhood should come and join the church. So we're just going to work on that. Mac and Jenna, um, you're part of our family already, but will you be loyal to this church and support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Yes, we will. Congratulations. Um, now, I'm going to ask them to hang around a little bit up here. Will you stand for the benediction? And then uh, after the benediction, you can come and, and shake their hand or hug their neck. I may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. <laughs>